Spread the fire fam, welcome back to SMWX and if you're new around here, my name's Dr. Cizo Mbofu Walsh. On this channel, the Cizo Mbofu Walsh Experience, we explore South African politics through interviews and analysis. And in today's video, I want to take a look at former President Thabo Mbeki's re-emergence onto the scene of ANC politics. Let's get started. Welcome back to the channel fam and let's get into it. So former President Thabo Mbeki has played an increasingly important role in ANC politics in these last few weeks of 2021, but in truth, since the Ramaphosa administration began, he's been increasingly active in ANC politics. And I think this has gone under the radar to some extent. And so I wanna take a look at what former President Mbeki's re-emergence onto the scene of South African politics means. So I wanna look at three main things. Firstly, what this means, as I say, secondly, I want to look at some of the statements that he made at a recent Eastern Cape Provincial Executive Committee meeting about how he couldn't support the ANC uh, in the latter part of the Zuma years. Also, want to look at his statements about chairpersons and premiers. So if you're the chairperson of a province and the premier of a province at the same time. And then finally, I want to look at what he said about if the ANC doesn't renew itself, then South Africa won't be able to confront its challenges. So what does President Mbeki's re-emergence mean? Well, I think that this is something that needs to be studied quite closely, of course, we always have an imperfect understanding of ANC politics because of how secretive its senior meetings are. And for that matter, all political parties' internal processes are. But I think we can start to make sense of some of the things that are happening here. So what's interesting to note is that former President Mbeki and current president of South Africa and the ANC, Cyril Ramaphosa, have enjoyed a rivalry which stretches back decades. And in Nelson Mandela's memoirs, which were published actually after Long, Long Walk to Freedom, um, there's a book called Dare Not Linger, which is really about the presidential years um, and many uh, Mandela speeches. That's really the definitive text where you see that the question of who would succeed Mandela was really a question of whether it would be Thabo Mbeki or Cyril Ramaphosa. And Mandela himself in Dare Not Linger suggests that it should be someone else, someone like Ramaphosa. He was worried that if Mbeki succeeded him, that two Tosa presidents would um, fly in the face of the ANC's rhetoric about uniting across cultural divides, um, but he was overruled on that. So, and as soon as Mbeki uh, became president of the ANC, when it became clear he would become president of the country, Ramaphosa, um, at a similar time, um, Ramaphosa left active politics in the ANC, went into business. And it's said that, you know, this was a, a key rivalry. 
And so for President Mbeki now, virtually three decades later, certainly a quarter of a century later, to emerge within ANC politics when Cyril Ramaphosa is president of the ANC, I think is a really interesting moment in ANC, but also South African political history. What does it mean? It's hard for me to imagine that Mbeki is purely within the faction, as it were, of Ramaphosa. And I think one thing that it's worth considering is that the bipolar uh, factional picture, which has been painted and which I still think has much salience um, of, of two factions in the ANC, and the ANC split evenly between those two factions. I think that still has some sway and watch some of my earlier videos for why I think that's important. But of course, factional politics are an evolving and adapting um, and a dynamic system. And so is there a third, a third voice or a third way emerging in, the, in ANC politics? I think that's an interesting question. Or at least, are there certain people who are not directly part of one faction or another who see this factional moment as an opportunity to reassert their role within ANC politics. I say this because on the one hand, President Mbeki has supported Ramaphosa's so-called renewal drive. He's been in different places, most recently in the Eastern Cape, talking about why the ANC needs to renew itself, something that President Ramaphosa and his allies like Oscar Mabuyane, uh, Eastern Cape ANC provincial chairperson who invited Mbeki. But at the same time, the Tabo Mbeki Foundation came out scathingly against Ramaphosa's economic plan. Now, it wasn't Mbeki himself, but the foundation, which bears his name, said that this economic plan, you know, wasn't worth the paper it was written on. So Mbeki isn't necessarily always supporting Ramaphosa, nor is he um, in the Mahashule camp. And the role he, he's playing is interesting in disrupting this binary narrative. And one wonders how much deeper and how much further this role is going to go. How involved is former President Mbeki going to become in ANC politics? He's addressing regional meetings. He's at the NEC. It's becoming quite an important voice in politics again. Is he going to play a role at the NGC? Will he play a role at the national conference in 2022? Would he endorse a candidate? It's interesting to see what role President Mbeki will continue to play in our politics going forward. So that's one part. Let's come on to another part and some of his specific remarks at this Eastern Cape um, Provincial Executive Committee meeting. First, he said that in the Zuma years, he couldn't actively support the ANC. Uh, when the ANC, for example, said, we have a good story to tell, he said that wasn't true and he didn't feel comfortable endorsing it. Here's my problem. Why do ANC leaders always just suffer in silence when they know there are bad things happening in the country. 
I think it would have been a lot more powerful for former President Mbeki to speak up at the time that things were really happening, at the time when the tide could be reversed and say, this is bad. Uh, you shouldn't vote for the ANC. Maybe you can vote for it again if it renews itself, but I don't believe in what it's saying now. I just have a problem with ANC leaders who always tell us after the fact that they were uh, disappointed or disgruntled or angry or dejected. Um, I'm not sure that that is fit for the kind of politics we need in South Africa right now. ANC leaders who always close ranks and prefer silence over speaking out against obvious injustices or government ineptitude. He also said um, interesting things on chairpersons versus premiers, which were related to Ace Mahashule, although he didn't name him. He said at the 1997 ANC conference, I think it was in Mafikeng, that the ANC took a resolution that if you were the chairperson of a province in the ANC, that didn't necessarily mean you would become the Premier. But in the 2007 Polokwane conference, where Mbeki himself was ousted, the ANC took a resolution that if you're ANC president, you should automatically become president of the country, and the same applied to Premiers. In the province, if you're a chairperson, you should become Premier. And he said he doesn't think that makes any sense. He says at the time he was president, he had the ability to appoint premiers and there were certain chairpersons, side I, Ace Mahashule, that he didn't think that he didn't think should be appointed. He didn't actually appoint Mahashule. So he says that in the ANC there should be a, a disentangling of state responsibility and party responsibility. You should be able to be ANC president, presumably, and not necessarily president of the country, or a premier and not necessarily a chairperson of your province. Now, this is a really interesting and important point, and I think it's right. I think part of the problem that we have is the divided focus of ANC leaders who have to have two full-time jobs at once and seem unable to perform neither, quite frankly. But I think it would be a good thing in some ways for, for example, a South African president that just focused on being the president of the country and governance and you know, economic recovery and service delivery and coordinating government. And the ANC president focused on, you know, or the president of any political party focused on building that party. Same for premiers. On the other hand, one of the problems this creates is it further empowers the head of state. Um, in my book, Democracy and Delusion, 10 Myths in South African Politics, I speak about the powers of the South African presidency. And we actually have one of the most powerful presidents in the world. And the powers of the South African president are actually equivalent to some 20th century dictators when you look at their abilities of appointment and just the power they have over uh, their own cabinets, etc. And so we've seen with President Ramaphosa that you don't even have to be particularly accountable once you become president. You don't even have to talk to the media. And you appear in parliament, pitch up and half answer questions and that's basically it. So what would it mean if the president once again had the power, even over the party, 
to appoint premiers, would that not further entrench the problem that former Deputy Chief Justice Dehang Moseneke spoke about of the president's sweeping powers? That's one question which I'm sure former President Mbeki has considered, um, but one question that came to mind when he was making these proposals. He might argue, and it may be argued that in fact, if you had the ANC as a separate sphere of power to the state um, more distinctly, then the ANC might act as a counterweight to the state. But as a citizen, that doesn't fill me with comfort because I don't trust the ANC to act as a counterweight. Um, I want constitutional guarantees um, to limit the power of any given politician or any given branch of government. Finally, uh, former President Mbeki says, if we don't renew the ANC, then South Africa won't be able to meet the challenges which confront it. Again here, I'm afraid I disagree. This notion that the ANC is the be-all and end-all of South Africa's future is, I think, part of the reason why we, were, we are in this crisis in the first place. People's inability to imagine themselves outside ANC dominance is the precise reason that we keep rewarding the ANC with power when it doesn't deserve it. So when people say that South Africa won't be able to solve its crises and solve its challenges unless the ANC renews itself, my question is just how long is it going to take for this renewal project? Because unfortunately, the unemployment crisis is mounting. The inequality crisis is at record highs. The poverty disaster continues to unfold. Corruption is on the rampage. Division within the ANC is getting worse, not better. So are we as just normal citizens of South Africa supposed to wait until the ANC renews itself? A thing which it hasn't been able to do over decades. It's had three decades to renew itself. Um, I have very little hope that it will actually renew itself. And I think if we wait for the ANC to renew itself, we will precisely deepen the crisis South Africa is in. So I would challenge that and I would say that perhaps South Africa will only truly resolve its crises when people realize that the ANC can't renew itself. But there's no doubt that former President Mbeki has been the most successful of ANC presidents when it comes to the economy, when it comes to internal unity, particularly in his first term, when it comes to electoral support. There's no doubt that his achievements are many. Um, this is not a video about um, President Mbeki's tenure, but it is one about a very interesting political figure who we thought was in political retirement, coming back into the center of South African politics and what that might mean. If you enjoyed this video, like, share, subscribe, or this episode, like, share, subscribe, or podcast if you're listening to this on a podcast, and use hashtag SMWX on social media. I'll retweet you. Thank you for watching. Explore the channel if you're new and catch you on the next video. Aye, aye.